Okay, do you guys know that Cassie, where is Cassie? Is my little sister? I don't know if you guys know that. She probably told everyone. Okay, so that's a fun fact that no one said yet in the introduction. Um, something else cool about me that wasn't said yet is that, I don't think so, that Doug and I were in SPO, so I guess, I don't know, 10, 15, 10, 15 years ago. And um, we both went to Ohio State. We were in SPO kind of like in the founding days of SPO. So when they said there was going to be like 30 or so women here, I was like, wow, because our formation was like six, seven women. So this is just really cool to see you girls all here. I haven't been to the Newman Center in, in ages. So this is just really fun to be here with you guys. Um, so yeah, my husband Doug is down there. They said I have five kids. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else fun. We live out in the country. I don't know if anyone's like from the country here, but we love it. We have a few acres, some chickens, a garden. I love all that stuff. Um, homeschool my kids. I'm just trying to give you like a basis of like who's talking to you. Um, uh, that's probably fine. You're gonna hear a lot about me in my talk, so that's enough to go. So we're talking about Christian love, or wait, yeah, Christian love and human desires. Mostly, we're gonna talk about like desires we're going to think about the context of Christian love, but we're going to hear the word desire like a million times in different ways. Um, I was praying earlier this week. Emily and John asked us to speak, and she sent me an outline, which you all have. I'm going to follow it pretty closely. Um, but on Monday morning, I was praying like, okay, like God, what do you want me to say to these women? And I was trying to imagine your faces, and I realized I haven't met most of you. But I was thinking about you guys and praying for you, and... Um, I just had a sense that God wanted me to share, like, me with you. So here I am, and as I share, I guess I feel really called to just share some of my stories, some of my weaknesses, my struggles, my victories, um, in the context of desires. So more than, like, well, it is a teaching, I guess, but I'm, like, not a super intellectual person or anything like that. So I'm just going to kind of share about me, and I'm hoping that speaks to your heart, and I'm kind of hoping that if you don't resonate with every one of my examples, that it will, like, spark some sort of, like, like turning in your heart to get you thinking about things in your own life. So hopefully that makes sense. There's going to be a lot of, like, person, me, in this talk, so hopefully that's okay. Um, so what do we need to know about desires in the beginning of your outline? Um, well, I guess before we do that, maybe just stop for a second, because this is what I did when I got the title of this talk, and think about that word, desire. You can write it down or just think quietly, but just like what comes to mind, like I had something immediate, but like what kind of desires come to mind or what kind of like feelings or thoughts about desire? It's just kind of like what's going on when you heard you were having a talk on desire. So maybe just take a minute, kind of get some, some brain juices flowing there. No one's gonna have to share. I'm just asking you to think about it, so. So one of the first things that came to my mind when I was thinking about this talk was growing up, um, my mom is the one who, I'm feeling a little embarrassed to say what I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, my mom is the one who gave me my first like sex talk, right? And what it meant to be a woman. And I love my mom. You probably know if you know Cassie, we have 11 kids in our family and my parents did a phenomenal job of laying a solid foundation for us, of, um, of raising us in the Christian life. So this is in no way a knock on my mom. 
However, when she gave me that talk, she, uh, I just remember her just, basically what I remember was like, sex is bad. Sex is bad, don't do it, right? Okay, so like I walked away. She probably said other things, and there was probably more of the conversation, but I left that conversation like, can't do that, won't do that, ew, yuck, ugh, and um, this talk isn't all about that, but that was something that memory came to my mind, and um, so I walked away with bad, bad, bad. I don't think that's what she meant. I have no hard feelings, but that's kind of stuck with me, and throughout my, I guess, growing up and moving into like a holy dating relationship and moving into engagement and marriage, I've had to do a lot of like untwisting my mindset of desire. Does that make sense? So I've had to kind of like go back, like, oh, I thought this was bad. I thought desires were bad. This is good? What does that mean? And kind of restart a lot of things. And I still have to kind of keep coming back to that. Oh, this is good. Oh, God made me like this. Oh, okay. So the only reason I'm telling you that story is I think a lot of us are probably in a spot of whether it's sexual desire or any desire, we're kind of probably wrestling like what that means to have desires. Are they good? Are they bad? I know there's like lots of, um, I feel like on one end of the spectrum, you could be like, uh, what's the word? Like stoic, like, Desires are bad. I actually think Buddhist, I think this is what they do. I don't know, so don't quote me. But um, like desires are bad, and the more free I can be from desire, the more like happy and free I am. So there's a goal. Like, um, so that's like one extreme. Another extreme would be like um, kind of I feel like we see probably more of this. Like desires are good, and the goal of my life is like maximum pleasure. So like follow your heart, follow your dreams, no matter what. Like do whatever you want. Just do it, okay? It's good. Some of us are probably in the middle of those things, but some of us might have some other like things we're wrestling with. Um, we might be in the middle, like maybe I'm bad because I have bad desires, or I might feel sad because I have these desires, but God doesn't give them to me, and so I feel sad. Or maybe I feel like unloved because God's not filling my desires, or maybe I'm ashamed because I don't really deserve to have good desires because I don't know, do I? Um, so wherever we're at tonight, like whatever you kind of wrote down or thinking about with desires, I think we could be like on a lot of different ends of the spectrum and we could have different turnings in our heart right now. But if you could walk away with anything, Doug and I were talking on the way here and I told him if you guys could like hear anything tonight, I think what I would want you guys to walk away with is that God made you good and God made you with good desires. I think those two points are just really, really key. Like, I am good. God made me good. God gave me good desires. Oh, and a third thing. God has a plan for me. God made me good. God gave me good desires. God has a plan for me. So if you walk away with anything, at least hear that. Okay? Easy to remember. I'm good. Okay. So desires are given to us, and a lot of times they can help us live in a good way, which is awesome. So um, they can help us to love, serve, pray. I was trying to think of my desires. I made a whole long list of brainstorming, like, what, are, what do I even desire? What desires motivate me to do good? I mean, I'm pretty motivated to be a good wife and a good mom. That, like, fuels a lot of my day. Um, I want to get to heaven. 
I desire to be good at what I do. I told you I homeschool. I try to organize my home. I'm gardening. Um, I have sexual desire. I have a desire to be loved, to be known. I have a desire for friendship. Um, I have a desire to be happy. You guys probably can like resonate with most of those things, if not all of them. Like, yeah. And so those are good things. They motivate us to do good things and to be good people. Um, you might have some of your own for you desire your future vocation, you desire success, you desire to belong. Um, we all have physical desires, right? Like we have to eat, we have to stay alive. Um, we have social desires, right? We wanna be loved, we wanna be respected, we wanna be understood, we wanna belong. We have intellectual desires, like I like to know what's going on around me. I wanna know what you know. Um, we want to understand, we want to see beauty. So we have all, I mean, across the board, millions of desires. And when you start thinking about it, you're like, yeah, I guess I'm actually desiring things all day. I want to have put that word on it, but I'm like thinking and wanting and doing all day. So that can motivate us to do good. That's sweet. On the other hand, desires can work against us. And I think it's sometimes easier to focus on this. And I don't necessarily want to, but we got to talk about it. We can be enticed into sin by our desires too. So just so you don't think I'm some like super holy, super perfect mom, I decided I'm going to be really vulnerable with you and share um, some of my like yucky desires because I think desires can lead us into sin, or I know desires can lead us into sin. Um, but I bet you guys have some of these too, so I don't feel that stupid. Um, I sometimes desire for people to actually be jealous of me and to want what I have. I desire for people to like me more than other people. I desire other people's things and blessings. I desire other people's homes, maybe something that looks better in their marriage, their gifts that I don't have, organization, whatever. Um, I have had sexual desire that is not ordered towards the holiness of marriage. Instant gratification, I don't know if you guys have that. I mean. I don't know what you guys do with Amazon Prime. I just got rid of it for, for, an, for an experiment because I don't agree with everything they do. However, it's actually really hard to wait more than two days for something. Like when we're used to it, like, I'm like, oh, sorry, kids, we have to wait till next week to get that coloring book. Like, you know, um, so that's, it's, it's actually kind of embarrassing. Um, I desire to not have to set boundaries or limits for myself with things that I want, like food or things. And so I'm sure you could add some more of your own disordered desires. These can lead us into sin. We've got to keep a check on these, and we're going to talk a lot about that. We can use the word lust to describe some of these. I've always thought of lust as like sexual, but this talk actually, I read this in it, and I thought it was great. Lust actually can describe any desires gone wrong. And two things kind of make lust. When a desire is out of control, so like I'm imagining I have had out of control like a, I don't know if you guys have ever like, like you make a, make a pan of cookies or something and you just like, okay, I'm trying to think of how to explain it. Like you eat your cookie and then everyone else eats theirs and then like you keep eating more like when no one's looking or I don't know, I don't want my husband to know that like I keep eating the cookie so I try to make the line straight and then like I keep eating more, anyone? Okay, no one, no one, okay, someone, anyone? <laughs> I do stuff like that, like out of control. I remember like, so I struggle with food. Um, I used to work at a bakery in high school and they had this tray of donut holes like between where you would help customers in the back. And like we would just like, every time we walked through, just like pop a donut hole in your mouth. And like a few donut holes is not a big deal, but like 20 or 25 or 30, you know what I mean? Like you just kind of like 
Why not? It's there. Eat it. Um, anyways, lust. When a desire is out of control. Um, another way to describe lust is the desire for something that is wrong to have or engage in. So this my, des my example would be sexual desire is a great example here. When we, sexual desire is good, but when we're engaging sexuality outside of marriage, um, when we're engaging somebody besides our spouse or satisfaction outside of marriage, that's, um, I lost the way I wanted to say it. It's something wrong to engage in. So two things for lust. I think that's helpful to think about. Um, out of control, and engaging in something outside of its purpose. So we have to be careful. Our desires can help us be good. They can help us make wrong choices, right? Um, they can tempt us to sin, induce us to rationalize. Actually, today I went to confession, and has anyone been perfect on their Lent promises? I would like really applaud you if anyone has. Okay, good. I feel better. I mean, I just feel better about myself. But um, I confessed rationalizing out of my Lenten promises. And um, I was just thinking of how many times I just like, it's okay, like it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. We can rationalize our way out of anything. So my desire is stronger than my resolve. And that's a problem. Our resolve needs to be stronger than, it's okay. Um, our desire has to be stronger. No, our resolve has to be stronger than our desire. And this is where the Christian love part comes in. So I'm hoping you guys will be able to follow this. If we are going to live as Christians, how we should act shouldn't be dictated by our desires. The criteria for how we should act should be our love for God and our love for our neighbor. So I feel like that's a really key point. If we are going to live as Christian women, we should act not necessarily by what we desire, but our criteria is the love of God and love of neighbor. So when we're thinking about all the things we want to do, it should all fall under the context of, is this loving God and is this loving my neighbor? That's a big deal, and that's really hard, because love is really hard. Love's a big word, right? We like say we love everything. Um, but in 1 John, paraphrased, and I think, did you hand out, did we hand out scripture passages? So you have, you should go through these scriptures. I'm actually not reading a lot of them through my talk, but I really encourage you over this next week to like just pick one a day and read through it and meditate on it and see if God has anything for you in that. So First John paraphrased is on there. By this we know love. He laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for each other. Let's not love in word or speech, but in deed and truth. So I wrote love is action, love is commitment. And we can't love God if we don't have love for each other. And I can't have love, we can't have love for each other if we can't have, if we can't choose to direct our actions. And we can't direct our actions if we don't have control over our desires. So when we can control ourselves, we can show love to one another and we can show love to God. So it's really important and it's really good. Um, Okay, so our desires need to fit into the context of Christian love. And I was thinking about my life, and I was thinking, like, sometimes that's really easy. Because sometimes all the stars align, and our desires just fit. Okay, so I feel, like, really happy because 
I'm kind of living my dream. I was reflecting on my life. Like I've always wanted to, be, to get married. I've always wanted to live in the country. I've always wanted to have a big family and I've always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And when I, when I stop, I'm like, I'm doing all that. Thank you, God. Like every one of my desires is true. And every single one of those things is conducive to me living out my life as a Christian woman. Easy, okay? Thanks, super easy. Um, another example, desires fitting into our Christian life. I went to, um, my brother had a little, or my sister-in-law had a little baby last week, and my kids and I drove up to Cleveland yesterday to meet her. She's really cute. Her name is Maeve, and um, we were getting off the freeway in Cleveland, and there was a homeless man on the street who people we've all encountered, and I had snacks with me for this purpose, and so we rolled down our window. So you see these, you see someone like that, and our desire, we're sad, right? We see someone, and we should feel sad, and um, when we feel sad, like, I have a desire to help someone, and so it's just like a perfect moment of like, oh, my desire is to help him. Oh, I have a juice box and peanuts. I can help him, and so our desires sometimes really fit easily into our Christian life, so we should follow those. Those are good, right? We should jump on that. Sometimes our desires wouldn't show love to God and don't show love to our neighbor. And that's how we know, duh, not to follow those ones, right? But some examples, I know I know we could probably all think of some. I was thinking, so I told you I have five kids. I've been married for 10 years. And I was thinking about how many nights. Okay, so we have little Levi over here. He probably still wakes up at night. Um, I've spent a lot of nights waking up with a baby, a newborn baby, to feed them a lot of nights. And then when I don't have a newborn, like there's still kids who like pee their pants because they're little or like get sick and throw up or bad dreams, you know, and need, need someone. And I was thinking all the nights that my sleep has been interrupted. And I say this in a very positive way, not like a complaining way. All sort of complaining, sort of positive. Um, every time when that happens, I wake up and I'm sure you can imagine what my desire is, I don't want to get out of bed. Like, I do not want to get up right now. Okay, so that's my first desire, my first thought. And then I like look over to Doug, and he's just sleeping, snor <laughs> snoring, and I don't know, you guys can ask your moms if they did stuff like this. I would be curious, Rachel, if you've kind of like, like tried to make noise getting out of bed to see if Doug would wake up, and like he usually does it. Like, maybe he'll wake up, you know. And he does it, and that's fine. Um, so I have to choose to put my desire to sleep and to not roll out of bed aside. And I have to go love my kid, right? And so sometimes it's hard to put desires aside, put our flesh aside, and do the right thing. Such so as like a mom example, but I'm sure you guys can think of examples when your fleshly desire just doesn't line up with what you know you should do. Like I know a lot of you are in household, you probably don't want to wake up for morning prayer every time, or I'm sure there's days when you'd rather like watch a show than do your homework, or I'm sure we all have these desires, and we've got to learn how to filter through that and choose love. We have to choose love. Uh, moving on, our desires should not rule what we do, not even inspired ones. What was that? Oh, so that was, okay, another kid's story. But this is, okay, so this is my life. I'm a mom, so a lot of my things have to do with marriage and kids, but I think, I think you guys can draw the parallels. You guys are all like really smart people. Um, I had one, I guess you could call it a season of life, when one of my children was waking up every day 
at like five. I like to wake up before my kids, okay? I like to like get up, have some coffee, pray for a little bit, and then take care of the kids. Um, and just like there was like a six month or so period where one kid, I don't remember who, was waking up, like every time I would wake up a little bit earlier to like beat them up, they would wake up earlier. So I'd wake up, at, you know, and they kept going. So I was getting up at like 5.15 and they just like kept, and I was like, I can't get up any earlier. So I was getting really frustrated and like reading a prayer book and like feeling angry at the fussy baby I'm holding. And I just had a moment of real, like I was mad because I want to pray. And that's a good desire, right? Like we should want to pray. And um, I remember just having this like realization that like forget the prayer book, forget the quiet, like my prayer, my life is this baby, right? So I think it's good to realize that even good desires, good things, sometimes need to be put aside for showing love, for something better, for, for the higher call in that moment. So sometimes we have to give up good things. I'm gonna skip that part because we're just gonna keep moving. Um, another interesting point to consider well, I guess, okay, on your outline, desire should not determine our decisions. I'm a perfectionist, so I was gonna skip that, but I feel like I have to say something about it because it's on there. It's okay to take your desires into account when you're making a decision. If you really like a field of study, of course, you should think about studying that, right? If you really wanna be a mom, you should think about what you're studying and how that might affect your future vocation. If you want to make a ton of money, you shouldn't study or you shouldn't knock, whatever. So like, we should be thinking about what we want and letting that be a part of making our decisions. Okay. I want us to consider that our desires can and usually do change over time. I think it's interesting because, well, I don't know. If you're like me, if I start to like filter through some of my desires, I can pinpoint a lot of things that sometimes I don't even know if this is my desire or if it's something that was like fed to me by, I don't know, Target or social, <laughs> right, okay, social media or, um, or just, you know, my friends or what I'm watching. And so, I don't know. I think we have to think about like, wh wh what do I desire? And what's, what's fleeting? What's, you know, changing? Um, where am I listening to? What am I watching? Is this real? Is this worldly? Whatever, some, some examples. Um, so yeah, desires can change. Some examples, um, in college, kind of before I would say I was, before I was like a mature Christian, I guess you could say, I had like an unhealthy relationship with this guy for years and um, off and on and some of us had, I'm sure have been in that spot and I remember thinking like, this is it. Like this is what I want, this is who I want, like everything else has to change because this person, and um, as I walked further in my Christian life, my desires actually did begin to change, right? Like, oh, actually, I want this kind of a relationship, and I want this kind of a husband, and I want to be able to raise my family someday like this, and I actually, I actually want to stay at home someday, and these are all things that this person, we, we're not on the same page, and um, I had to let that go, but it wasn't hard because my desire, well, it was hard, but like, it made sense because my desires were changing, so it's okay, like, we need to not get stuck in our desires. We need to realize, oh, we don't need to follow everything every time. We need to wait and be patient and slow and be ready for change. Um, I told you guys how I'm living my dream, right? 
I like love my life and this is what I would have always imagined. But I can go somewhere and like, I thought of some examples. My husband grew up on a, like a big farm. They have lots of animals and all the families like working together all the time and it's like a very slow pace of life and it's so special and like whenever we go there, I'm like, man, let's move here, let's have a farm, let's live the small town life. I really want that, right? Like I'm getting this desire like fed to me. And then I'll come home and then I'll go to my sister's house and she lives like in a pretty small little neighborhood with a small little yard, but she's surrounded. There's like a lot of families who live in the same area. And so every day her kids are playing with all their friends and they can walk to the library. So then I go to her house and I'm like, I want this, like I want kids to play and I want to walk to the library, you know? And, um, and then, um, this is like way different. A few years ago, even though I love living in the country, I love big cities. And Doug took me to New York when I was pregnant with our last baby, because um, I really like Broadway shows. So we went to New York together, and what do you think I'm thinking in New York? Like, man, we shouldn't have had five kids. We should have like two careers, rid the, rode the subway, like run in Central Park together. You know, like all like the New York things you see in movies, you know, like, that, and like meanwhile, I'm like walking around New York, like big and pregnant. Um, <laughs> But I'm like thinking like, this is what I want. I want to be like a New York person, you know? And um, the point, which I think you guys can get, is that, man, we can be really influenced by what we see, what we hear, who we hang out with. Those are all good things, but we just got to be careful. Whoa. <laughs> Doug is a... <laughs> this is like the story of mine and Doug's. Good job, Olivia. This is a story of mine and Doug's life. Like, I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. And Doug's just like a man of few words. Um, wow, that's really fast. Do we need to go down? Where did you go? OK. I'll start. I'll start. Um, oh my gosh. Maybe the. OK. Are you guys like a little bit interested? Should I keep talking? OK. <laughs> um, OK. So, but I will try. I'll try to like. Um, OK, so you see my point. What we can surround ourselves. Well, OK. So I challenge you, what am I watching? What am I listening to? Who am I surrounding myself with? Um, I would put a little note in here for emotional chastity. I wanted to talk about really quickly. Oh, okay. So I have a really, really good husband, okay? Like I could go on and on and tell you a lot of amazing things about him. When I watch like a, I don't know, Cassie, like a Hallmark movie, or I'm trying to think of like what, like a, like some romantic thing, I quickly, um, I don't know, get discontent with my husband and I quickly have desires for someone different, someone better at this, someone who would do this. And, um, and I bet we all struggle with that. We put kind of like a false desire, um, like to, the desire to be loved and the desire for a relationship, those are all really good, but we can just have like a, I, I don't know, do you guys know what I'm trying to say? Okay, I'm not sure exactly the word I'm looking for. But I think we've got to be careful because it's not a desire that can really be fulfilled. Like, Doug, I love him, but he's never going to be like a Hallmark movie husband or person. So, so we need to just be really, really careful. So I, cha I challenge you what you're watching, what you're listening to, and what, what's that turning with your desires, good or bad? Sift through that. Um, OK, that's a lot of practical examples. I told you you're going to get to know me a little bit. Um, as we go into kind of quickly about like what do we do with all this, I just had this image of a fixer-up house. Doug and I bought a fixer-up house seven years ago. 
And we, just a few months ago, finished, like, well, we as in like Doug, finished like the last square inch, every part of our house has been touched, okay? So like some of the rooms just needed, were a little bit easier. They just needed like new paint and some trim and stuff. Some of the rooms needed like, like Doug tore out my entire kitchen, tore out everything and put a huge, he, he redid everything. Yeah, some of you have been there. Everyone's welcome. I love when people come over. Um, so some, some things were completely gutted, da, da, da. I love my house now. So the point is, when we were looking for our house, we were really open to a fixer-upper because Doug's super handy and I really like thinking about how things should look. And um, it was important to us that whatever house we buy, if it needs work, it's got to have a good foundation. You can change everything else. It's got to have a good foundation. It's got to be strong, okay? And I was thinking about you girls, and I was thinking, like, that's you. You're a strong foundation because God made you good. He made you strong. He made you with a purpose. It's like you are the house with a good foundation, okay? Um, but I bet each of you probably needs like a little bit of, I don't know, like a fresh coat of paint here, maybe like a complete renovation here in the kitchen. Um, I bet we kind of all need some, some tweaking, a little fixing up. Um, so I was just thinking about that and I want to, I don't know. I really liked that image because like we can't change who we are. We don't want to. God made us good, right? We said in the beginning, we are good. But that doesn't mean that we don't need to take some steps in moving forward and being better, okay? Um, so what we need to do, we need to set our hearts and our minds. So how do we, we kind of put a new coat of paint on, I guess is where I'm going with this. We need to set our mind and heart on the Lord and on the life that he teaches, um, in the Psalms, it says we should not just be obedient to the Lord, but delight in him. Like my kids clean up because I tell them to. And if they don't clean up, they're going to get a punishment, right? So like they clean up because they obey. And I think God, I mean, they also obey because they love me. But when it comes to cleaning up, that's, you know, and um, that's not what we want to do with God. We want to obey him because we love him and because we know that he has a plan for us. We don't want to obey just because we're scared or fearful. Um, so we need to work on our intimacy with God so we know him because it's easier to obey and trust someone that we know and love. So pray. If you're struggling with your daily prayer time, keep working on it. We've got to take time every day to build intimacy with God. Um, a second point to kind of fix up our little home, we need to surrender to God's will, including giving up all of our desires to him. I think that's a really hard thing to stomach, to give him all of our desires, not just the bad ones that need to be changed, but like, we've got to surrender the good ones too. We've got to let him have it all. So for me, I think we need to work on trust. I think it can be easy. Um, I remember when I was single, I bet some of you do this. I think this is common. I really wanted to get married, and I remember thinking like, scared to want to get married because if I wanted to get married too much, then surely God would probably make me be a sister, right? Because like my desire is this. So naturally, right? I don't know if anyone does that. Um, and so I think we, I think we can take that aspect in life. Like my desires, I'm sure God won't do that. Or that's just what I want. Um, and so I think we need to work on trusting God. My kids are pretty like, um, I hate to use the word shy because it's not the word. They, uh, they're slow to warm up. Like they would be scared to play on a new soccer team for the first time when they don't know anyone. Like that takes a lot of courage for them. So that's my example. So like they, they, they're going to start playing soccer a few years ago. 
and they're so afraid because it's something new, they don't know anyone, da da da. And I keep telling them things like, okay, every time you're scared to do something, your dad and I tell you to do or kind of encourage you to do, has it ever been bad? Like, have you ever wished that you hadn't done it? And they're always like, no, no. And I think that's such a good lesson of trust. Like, Doug and I know our kids, and we know they're going to have a blast playing soccer. They just need to trust us and just do it. And I think that's how God would look out for us. Like, I know what would be good for you. Just trust me. Have I ever let you down? Um, so we've got to trust God. We've got to surrender our desires and know that he has a good plan for us. Um, we need to be honest with where we're at. So if we're not doing this, this is another thing to kind of fix up. I think we need to like admit where we've gone wrong and we need to share um, struggles. We need to be open with others, honest in prayer. I would encourage you all here to really just think about taking a step in vulnerability. Like share what's going on in your heart tonight with your small group or with your pastoral leader or your household leader or a friend. Um, find an, an older woman like me, like Emily. It's been so fun over the years to just even outside a small group. Emily said, we've been friends. Emily will just come to my house and we just like chat and it's good. And um, so find someone and share when we're alone and when we like thinking about the house example, when things are left neglected, it gets worse. You know, mold grows in the basement and wood starts to splinter. So like live in the light, okay? Bring things to the light, move forward. Um, Okay, so vulnerable. We should take our disorderly desires in stride. So we could probably all say the good things I said at the beginning, how good we want to be, and I know that we probably all have some disordered desires. And I love the word disordered desires, not bad desires, because it's, um, they're not necessarily bad. Like the house doesn't need to be torn down, it just needs to be fixed up a little bit, right? Um, so most of our desires, I don't think, are bad. They're disordered. We just need some attention and reshaping. So I have one more story about my kids. Uh, this is like a big moment of freedom for me. So kind of go back to the beginning, the sex talk I had for my mom, right? So my kids were playing soccer for the first year a few years ago. And I overheard them talking in their room like those first couple weeks. They're girls. And um, they were probably like six and seven about. And I hear them in their room talking about, we don't really watch much TV, much movies, anything like that. And I hear them laughing and giggling in their room about having crushes on boys in their soccer team. And I was like, that's just so funny because like they don't go to school, they don't watch TV, like where, how do they, what, how do they even know what a crush is, you know? And, um, and my first, my first thought as a mom of little kids was like, they're so little, like they should not be talking about crushes. Like that's later, like at least a few years. And so I started going to their room and I was gonna be like, you guys, you guys, come on, like, you're, like don't talk about that. And then I stopped and I thought like, wait a second, I wonder if this is a moment where I'm gonna start forming what they think about attractions and desire and God's plan for sexuality. So I just had a moment, I stepped back before I went into their room and was like thinking, and I don't know if this is right or wrong. This is just what I did. So I went in there, and I sat down with them, and I like asked what they were talking about, and I like laughed with them for a minute, and then, and then I, and then, <laughs> it was really cute. And then, um, and then I said to them, 
very simply and very age appropriately, I was like, do you guys know that it's actually good that you think boys are cute? Do you know that God actually made you to think boys are cute? And they were like, yeah, you know. <laughs> and, um, and then I was like, do you know, do you know that boys actually think that girls are cute too? And they're like, yeah, you know. And so I was like, that's part of God's plan. God made boys and girls to think each other is cute. And that's good. So that's really sweet and good that you have crushes on these boys. Um, and then, of course, I was like, you can't do anything about it till you're older, but that's really cute, you know. And so, um, but it was really good. It was a moment of freedom for me, and I felt like it was like, it really fit a lot of things together to me, exactly what we're talking about. Like, the desire isn't bad. Desire, and all, most of our desires are good. They just need to be in the appropriate context. Um, we can apply that to all of our desires, emotional desires, et cetera, et cetera. We just have to get them ordered in the right way at the right time. Sometimes we need to actually change our desires. Sometimes they're bad. It's like we had to take out my entire kitchen. It was terrible, okay? So sometimes we actually need to change something that's wrong. If our sexual desire that is good is out of control and we're actually doing sinful things, we actually do have to stop. We can't just like, oh, just fresh coat of paint. Like, no, we have to stop. Um, if our desire for like belonging is so big that we're like excluding other people or putting others down so that we belong, We've got to stop that, okay? So we do need to be careful. Sometimes we actually have to change and do some work to like completely change. If our desire for career and control is overtaking what God might be calling us to, we have to stop and pay attention. Okay, I'm gonna wrap up here. Just to see if there's anything that I really want to say. Um, I think that's I think that's enough uh, of that for now. I think most, pretty much getting to closing. Um, the one scripture I did want to read is Philippians 4.8. I think you can just never go wrong. I encourage you girls to memorize this. And when you're like having a desire or a feeling and you're wondering where does this fit in the context of Christian love and is this good or bad? Does it need reshaped or like, you know, abolished? I don't know. Um, we can say a scripture verse like this one. I love this one. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So when we're thinking about our desires and our feelings and we're not sure how to order them, we kind of like can't go wrong if we put it under that backdrop of whatever is lovely, whatever is good, pure, true, we can't go wrong. Okay, um, So we need to have faith in God and the presence of his Holy Spirit to know that he's going to help us, that he gave us our desires, and he's not just like, you know, go off, have fun, do whatever you want. He gave us our desires, and he's going to help us order them. He's going to help us change them if we need. He's going to help us and give us grace to wait for desires of our heart if we need to wait. Um, he can help us say no to sin. So I think that we can really, I don't think, I know that we can really, really count on God to meet us where we're at in this area, to forgive us when we mess up, and to keep calling us forward. So that's all I have. Um, I can close us in a little prayer. Is that okay? Okay, so let's just bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the time with these women tonight, and I thank you for being here with us. And I thank you that you have made each of us really good. And I thank you 
for every desire of our hearts that you've given to us, even the messy ones. I thank you for them because it's an opportunity to turn to you and to rely on you. Jesus, we just ask that you would be with us as we um, continue on from this night. We ask that you would just help to clear our minds and clear our hearts and our thoughts as we try to wrap our, our minds around this, Lord. We pray for clarity in knowing our desires, knowing how to use them, and we just pray for a great trust that you will help us along the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's all I have. Oh, do you want to do that? Should I keep this on or off? Okay. Or like any, I feel like any of the, like Laura or, yeah, the team, I ain't know the word. I would love if anyone had any questions. So someone just like try to think of something. Like sexual desire? Or like just desire Well, I didn't prepare notes on that, so I can't. <laughs> How do I keep, and I would welcome any, I'm going to like think for a minute, but anyone else who's married in this room. How do I keep my desires in marriage pointed on heaven? Lucy just asked a question. My Lucy is six, and she asks a lot of questions. And she kind of like asked the same question. She was asking, oh my gosh, my mind totally just went blank. I like totally, she was asking, wow, okay, that's really embarrassing. I have no idea what I was going to say. <laughs> um, how, well, well, prayer, obviously, we had to be praying for pure hearts. Um, Doug and I, we, we try to pray together. Um, oh my gosh, you guys. You know when you like have something, I know you all know this feeling. It's like here, and I'm like, I keep almost having it about Lucy. Um, Olivia, you're making me like stumble. How do I keep? No, it's okay. No, it's okay. I just, I just want to have, I want to have an answer. I just feel like I need to think. Um, I mean, I feel like the, the, um, like status quo answer is like, pray, receive the sacraments, those types of things. And that's all really, really good. I know that a huge influence in my life, and maybe this would be a good answer, a huge thing for me and for Doug separately too, is having people, like-minded people who are doing the same things that we're always processing with. So like I have been, I think you guys are all the formation, are you guys all in small groups with people? Okay. Like I've been with the same ladies in small group for like probably 10 years, at least some of them. Like some people have changed. So, like, these people, like, know me, and they know Doug, and they know our kids, so they can, like, speak into my life in a really cool way. Um, so I think one thing would major would be, like, accountability and, like, seeing, we talked about uh, desires being, like, created by what we see. So, like, when I see my sister living out things really well with her husband or whatever, you know, I'm called on by that. I don't know if that's exactly what you're asking, though. No, that's, that's 
is that good? So I think that is a big, I mean, we can't really do anything without other people. So I think surrounding yourself with good people helps you point these desires in the right way. Um, I think it's something that we're always coming back to. It's hard. I know like, like all the sexual stuff is hard, like natural family planning and all those kind of things. Like that's hard, and it just takes a lot of prayer and a lot of commitment. It takes finding a really good spouse so that you can like help each other with desires and call each other on. Um, does that like answer a little bit, or at least give you something to think about? Okay. Yeah. Um, so. Um, you were kind of alluding to this earlier, but I would want to hear the process that like, goes in your mind of like when you have the like urge to want to like find your satisfaction like, in your husband, but then knowing that it's only, only your satisfaction, like the fullness of satisfaction, and you can be found in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the process that you go through mm-hmm. to like, reorient yourself? Okay. So knowing that, kind of say it again. I, I'm following you. I just want to hear it again. Yeah. yeah. How do I find satisfaction? Yes. Wanting to find satisfaction in a person, not yeah. in God. Yeah. Well, I will say we're supposed to like love God above everything, right? Mm-hmm. But I would also say that, um, and you're reminding me of the Lucy thing too, and I can't place it. That's really inter- that's really interesting. But I will say that I I really think that God, like we are here to help each other love God. So when I'm loving Doug like fully, I actually am loving God. So me giving all my love to Doug actually is like so intertwined with me loving God more than anything. Is that kind of addressing what you're saying? So like. I don't feel like it's a separate thing. Like, I got to love God most, and then Doug second, and then my kids. I feel like my desire to love Doug and my kids actually are making me holy and loving God because they are, they're God's face to me, you know? So you can't separate them. And um, actually, my daughter Ellie was just asking, how do, I don't know how to love God. We were talking about the commandments. And she said she didn't know how to love God first because she just feels like she loves me and her dad and our animals more than, more than God. And she doesn't want to, but she feels like that. She doesn't know how to like, change that feeling. And we were talking about that. Well, like actually, I didn't say about the animals, but I did say, like, me and Dad are God's face to you. So by loving us, you are, lo- like, you are loving God. I'm not a theologian, but like, that makes sense to me, that when we're loving each other. Um, and about the Hallmark movies, so that kind of answers part of your question. Um, what would you say about the Hallmark movies? Or is this kind of like what you were asking? Yeah, I was just having to Okay, okay. So yeah, and I think we just have to have mercy on people like when Doug doesn't live up to a Hallmark movie. Like, <laughs> it's okay. Like, we need to have mercy. And you know what? Doug has seen things that I can't live up to. You know what I mean? And it's just mercy on each other and asking God to help us and to see each other like as God has made us. So I think that's like a little bit what you're asking. I'm not sure. Okay. Any other thoughts from? Yeah. Okay. Can you remember, like when you are like when you're like, I don't want to love you more, you know, like like about Doug specifically? Yeah. 
One, the first thing that pops in my head that I'll say is I feel like I have gone through, specifically in marriage, when it comes to like hurt and forgiveness and I want more and all that stuff, and I think this is applicable to friendships as well, I think we can really often put, um, like we can put divine, like God-like expectations on a human, right? So I want Doug to love me perfectly, just to be honest, like, I want him to love me perfectly, and it's actually just not, it's just not possible. He's a human, so I think we can kind of falter when we put, like, a divine expectation on a human, and it's interesting, because I think we also put human expectations on God, right, so, like, we think that he can't provide, or he won't provide, or, like, he's disappointed because of this, but he's not. Maybe that's how a friend would act, but that's actually not God, so I think that's been a big, um, I think that's kind of a little bit towards what you're saying. That's been a big like point for me when I'm feeling like Doug's slacking or when I feel like God's slacking. I'm like, gosh, I just had this messed up. I got to give human expectations to Doug and just let him be a human. And I've got to let God be God. And, um, and I can only, like when it comes to this, and this might be what you're asking, to, like I can only change me like I can't like I can't make someone love me in a certain way I can only have mercy if they're not doing something they're supposed to I can have mercy and then I'm doing my part or um I can show love in these ways I'm feeling convicted I do notice a lot of times when I'm desiring a certain kind of love that it makes me think other people must be desiring a certain kind of love and when I try to love people in that way it's like really freeing it's like taking the focus off me and giving that to someone else, and there's, like, a lot of freedom there. So that doesn't answer your question, but that's just something I've done. So that's been a big thing for me, trying to figure out human expectations and limitations. One thing I'd add to that is, like, I can think of, like, one very painful example. Um, like, I was getting frustrated because that's like so that's so good that's like so applicable to, to friendship yeah to friendship too and like to the Lord and to the Lord